0: The Lord, welcome to our 1030 online service. We're so glad that you're here. We welcome you. You know what t- things change quickly around here, but you know, we had a great service at 8:30, and the Lord is going to give us another great service online today. We're just going to declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He is good no matter what we face. He is good. Let's pray. Father, we welcome you, Lord. Into this place, wherever you're at, in your living room, your bedroom, wherever you're at, in your car, whatever. Lord, we welcome you into that place right now, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us. We thank you that you are speaking to us. We thank you, Lord, that you are making us strong in you. The strength of the Lord is in our life. And Lord, we declare the goodness of our God in your name. Amen. Worship with us. You know, I'm going to interrupt our team for a minute because the Holy Spirit is reminding us of something. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus said, I have given to you the keys of the kingdom. Now let's us, the Lord has given us the keys of the kingdom. The Lord said about his church in the earth that the gates of hell shall not prevail against us in 2020. No matter what country you're in, no matter what your circumstances are, we serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Holy Spirit wants to move. He doesn't want to allow any sort of sin curse. whatever, to come against you. He said, you know what? I've already defeated those things. I've already defeated those things that come against you. try to destroy you because Jesus said, I will build my church. There is no, no suggestion that the enemy can destroy it. The fact is this. It is a statement of command. I will build my church. Whatever your circumstances are, as you listen, You may be here in California with us, part of our family here, or you may be in another country as you listen to this. You may may be delayed later you listen, but I'm saying to you today, I want you to stand on the words of Jesus. I want you to stand on the words of Jesus. Whatever you may be facing personally, whatever your family may be facing, whatever uncertainties you may be facing, whatever your ministry may be facing, Jesus sends his word and says, Remember, I said, I will build my church. I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, the gates of hell, whatever hell will try to do to destroy, it will not succeed. The enemy shall not succeed against you. Some of you need to hear that word right now. You need to hear the word that there is more with you than against you that you have what Hebrews 12 says, the great cloud of witnesses. Right now, they are with you. Don't react to the circumstances. Some of you, I feel like this is a word for somebody listening right now. You're reacting to what people are saying about you. You're reacting to maybe what your enemies are saying about you. Maybe even somebody that you thought was with you and they've betrayed you. And you're reacting to that person. The fact is this. Jesus' still's word is still true to you. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Isaiah 54, 17 says, no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. This is the inheritance of of the servants of the Lord. You need to stand in his word right now. And you need to stand in his word in such a way that the peace covers you. The peace of God covers you. Quit reacting to the storm. Quit allowing anxious thoughts to overtake you. Quit allowing fear to overtake you. The Lord says, I am with you. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. This was not what you're going through. Is not a surprise to God. It's not a surprise to God, and He already has the victory for you. He already has the victory, but He is causing you to have His strength right now, His strength through the power of His Word. See, right now He wants you to believe the Word that is going forth. you got to believe it. you got to believe it. As James says, if we don't believe the Word, then we become double-minded. We've got to believe His Word believe what no matter how you feel about it believe what he says say i adopt what you say as truth even if it feels contrary to my experience right now i adopt what the word of god says as the truth about my circumstance and the lord says and as a result you will see things change You will see miracles happen. You will see the healing happen. You will see the favor even with your enemy happen as a result of believing his word. Right now, I want you to believe his word. He has sent his word to you in your circumstance. He has sent this word to you in your uncertainty. Right now, he sends his word to you that whatever is coming against you, no weapon formed against you will prosper. I will build my church. I will build my church in the earth. He will build his church in the earth and the gates of hell. Whatever the enemy's trying to use to scare you, whatever the enemy's trying to do to erode you, to try to get you to feel, to lack confidence, to feel uncertain, to feel fearful. Whatever the enemy's trying to do, Jesus said, nope. I WILL BUILD MY CHURCH, AND THAT MEANS I'LL BUILD YOU UP. I'll build you because the church is not a building. The church is a people of God. I will build my people. I will build my people, and they will be people of faith in me. They will be people of miracles. There will be people that the power of God flows from their lives. There will people be people who walk on water. There'll be people who overcome the circumstances. There'll be people, there will be more than conquerors right now receive his word worship team begin to sing miracles happen
1: when when you move." move come on healing is coming in this room miracles happen when you move heaven is coming
0: The Lord wants to give you the revelation of His goodness. Some of you listening right now, you know God is good, but sometimes it's hard for you to feel that God is good to you personally. And the Lord is good. We're dead. We're alive. We're alive. We're alive. We're alive. We'll be alive in a moment. We'll be alive in a moment. Resuscitation. Resuscitation. (laughs) me the thumbs up when we're back okay welcome back to crossroads we're a very persevering people so hopefully you stuck with us hopefully you stayed with us because you know what if anything this season is about endurance and perseverance and just like jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against it not even technology is going to prevail against the word of the lord going forth it's interesting. The Lord wants us to know of his goodness. So we can theoretically believe God is good, but he wants us to dwell in his goodness. He wants us to say, Lord, even in my circumstances, the unexpected things, the unexpected battles, the unexpected challenges, the things that I am uncertain about, even in those things, Lord, I know that you are good. You are good, and you do not abandon me. You know, right now, I just pray over those that have a spirit sometimes of abandonment, that, the, that they feel, you know in your head, you know in your head you're not abandoned because you know the Word of God says you aren't. But in your in your emotions and sometimes in your thoughts and even what you say to yourself, You feel abandoned. And right now we target that that spirit, that spirit of death that will want you to believe that you're abandoned. You are not abandoned by the Lord. He wants you right now to give you his peace. He wants you to give you his peace. Right now he wants to cover you just like honey, honey covering you. The sticky honey that's hard to get off. The Lord says, I want to cover you with my peace right now, beginning from the top of your head. Right now, the Lord wants to give you his peace. Some of you in your minds have been going through a lot of torment, a lot of anxious thoughts. And the Lord says, I want to send you my peace. I have paid for you to have my peace. And it is the enemy that's trying to steal your peace. But the Lord says, that is not from me. My I have peace I give to you, Jesus says in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. Peace I live with, I leave with you. My perfect peace I give to you. He gives you not spotty peace, not come and go peace, but he says, My perfect peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Because I'm gonna tell you, if you go to the world's ways of Getting peace, it's spotty, it's imperfect, and actually, you're giving yourselves over many times to the mindset of the world that is filled with torment. But rather, with the Lord's peace, it's perfect peace. And it's peace that overcomes anything, it's the peace that calms any storm, it's the peace that is greater than anything that might try to come against it. I give you perfect peace. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Therefore, do not let your heart be troubled. Come on. Script Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled. Who? You. You don't let your heart be troubled. In other words, now Jesus says, now I've given to you my peace. I leave to you my perfect peace. Therefore, now what are you going to do with it? Now what are you going to do with his peace? That peace belongs to you. That peace is part of your inheritance, but what are you going to do with it? So Jesus says, now, do not allow your heart to be troubled, nor let it be afraid. See, there's a responsibility, he's paid for it. He's paid for the riches of heaven, he's paid for the peace of God, he's paid for the peace of mind, he's paid for the peace over our storms. So now, let us not let our hearts be troubled, neither let our heart be afraid. Isaiah says, This Isaiah 26:3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Are you trusting the Lord? Are you keeping your mind on him? I want to challenge you. You do not have to be in any sort of torment. You do not have to have anxiety. You do not have to be filled with stress. The Lord says, I have given to you my peace. Now, keep your mind stayed on me. Have you been feasting on the world? Have you been feasting on the report of the world? We are to only feast on the report of the Lord. And the report of the Lord is Isaiah 26 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Where are you putting your trust? Are you putting it in somebody? Are you putting it in a bank account? Are you putting it in your own strength? Where are you putting your trust? But when we put our trust in him, we receive the perfect peace. The very peace that Jesus speaks about in John, Isaiah spoke already about in Isaiah 26. This perfect peace that he gives to us. This is your inheritance. See, one thing that the enemy likes to try to do is steal the peace of God's children. Because when he could try to steal it, Really, he can't steal it. It's us giving it away. Because we are in possession of God's peace. Why? Because Jesus said, peace I leave to you. Peace I give to you. So, shall we shift our thoughts on him? Shall we say, Lord, in my circumstance, in my situation, I trust you. I trust you. Philippians 4, 6 says this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This all connects. We have Jesus' words in John. We have Isaiah the prophet in chapter 26 of Isaiah. And now we have Paul writing to the church. Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit. The same perfect peace is spoken about in all these places. The same peace, the peace of God, the perfect peace that has been left to us. We have the peace of God which surpasses our understanding. And it will guard, it will rule our hearts and our minds. It will say to your heart or your soul or your emotions, have peace. Don't react to the troubled storm. Have peace. It says to your mind, have peace. You don't need to have anxious thoughts. You need to get off the the anxious thought train. The Lord says, you don't need anxious thoughts do nothing for you. Receive my peace. Right now, for those of you that say, you know, I struggle with anxious thoughts. I've been up in the middle of the night worrying, fears, worry, trying to look to my own strength. The Lord says, I send to you my peace. I've given to you my peace. I've given to you my peace. Now put your mind, as Isaiah 26 says, it stayed on thee. It stayed on thee. See, the Holy Spirit gives us the power. He gives us the power to do that. He gives us the power to do what God has asked of us. He gives us even the power to have the desires of God for our own lives. Philippians 2, 13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases him. Those of you that say, you know what? I try. I try to have peace. I try, I try, but it doesn't work. Pastor Lynn, it doesn't work. Guess what? You're trying in yourself. You're trying in your own strength. Now we're going to surrender ourselves to the Lord and say, okay, I believe what you say in Philippians two thirteen, for God is working in me, giving you the desire, giving me the desire and power to do what pleases him. He will give you not only the power, but the desire to do what pleases him. And you know what pleases him is that you walk in that peace. That you're not reacting to the storm that you're not panicked that you're not fearful that you're not anxious lord right now we surrender to you our will our own will you said that you give us the power to even desire to do what pleases you to even desire to do what pleases you so we surrender lord some of us we're pretty strong-willed some of us have attitude problems And, Lord, we submit those things to you right now. Some of us, we try to do things in our own strength. We are proud. We try first to do it all in our own strength. And you're waiting for us to go to you in our weakness. Because in our weakness, you are made strong. And we walk in. In your peace Lord we thank you for your word we thank you that no weapon formed against us no storm no enemy attack no spiritual principality or power no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper we thank you that you're building us up Lord you're building us and nothing that the enemy tries to do to destroy us will succeed because you said I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it." We thank you for your word, in your name, amen. God bless you. Anthony.
1: All right. I always feel like you talk to my wife right before you do those, <laughs> Talking about my attitude and everything. Um, oh. Well, welcome, Crossroads. Um, welcome, church. We... Uh, we are solely online right now, uh, so we are missing the people inside the church with us. Uh, but we want to welcome everybody, everybody that's a uh, first-time uh, visitor on the on Facebook Live. We welcome you. Um, we also would like you to, if you are a first-time visitor or if you haven't done so yet, um, please sign up for our uh, weekly newsletter. You can send that through Facebook, uh, through Facebook Messenger, or even online if you're online now. If you want to. Well, I doubt you're going to want to put your information on there, but just send it through Messenger. That's fine. Uh, we'll go ahead and get that um, in our, our cycle of emails, and you'll get a weekly email uh, that has all of the pertinent information of what goes on uh, in our church, what goes on outside of our church, uh, some prayer requests, and, and things like that. So um, I also want to do our Crossroad Connect events. Those are all back outside, um, so we are all going to be uh, – our men's ministry is meeting Uh, Here at the church, but right out in the uh, outside foyer area, Uh, the women's ministry, uh, they're going to be meeting uh, in another outdoor area right here. Youth ministry is outside as well. Um, Kids ministry, I said earlier, it doesn't matter where they meet because it could be freezing outside and they're going to be outside in T-shirts running around. They don't care. Um, And our life groups, please, uh, if you haven't done so already, um, get together with a life group. Uh, Again, if you have that uh, e-newsletter, um that'll have the contact information for everybody in the life groups um and before we move on uh our our own sister Rhonda would like to uh give a word here so
2: i just wanted to let you know that um we are going to bless the missionaries to spain the talaveras family this christmas so um I wanted to say, like Pastor Lynn reminded us at the business meeting uh, a couple weeks ago, that the Talaveras family were the youth pastors here at this church before Pastors David and Pastors Lynn came. Um, and they willingly stepped down from that position so that our pastors could come on on board with us because our church couldn't afford both salaries or all three salaries so they willingly step down so that we could have pastors senior pastors for this church and i think it's our turn as crossroads to join together and bless them this christmas so i have a christmas tree here on site with ornaments with each person's name and the the christmas wish that they want so you're going to have to be intentional And come here to pick up an ornament that has somebody's name and and what they want for Christmas. And we're going to join together on December 4th, 6th, 6th at 4 o'clock. Sorry. It's December 6th, a Sunday at 4 o'clock, and we're going to bless them with our Christmas gifts. So I know some people are struggling, but remember, as we bless others, the Lord blesses us. So let's, let's just be intentional. Let's bless this beautiful family that um, serves as missionaries to Spain. Thank you.
1: All right. Amen. Um, again, if you, if you would like to do that, if you have not been here before you can uh, definitely in the uh, Facebook chat you can ask uh, we'll get you the address um, and we'll get it out that way. Um, our sermons are online. Our sermons uh, you can go through Apple podcasts or Spotify. If you need any um, uh, Pastor said it earlier, if there's you know something going on with somebody you know, um, you can we have a full backlog uh, you can go through. Send it out to somebody, you know, along with a, hey, I was thinking of you type text message. Send it out and just say, hey, take a listen to this. Um, it's kind of speaking on what you're going through or what you know somebody is going through. And just get it out there. Get the word into people that, that maybe don't have it, that are refusing to listen to it or that don't have access to it. Um, another thing coming up. So January 10th through 31st uh, will be our Daniel Fast. So... Like I said this morning, prepare your your bodies. <laughs> Gotta prepare my body. Uh, prepare your heart and your mind because uh, the Daniel fast is uh, an amazing thing. Um, I, I had said it earlier. My wife and I. This will be our third Daniel fast, and on our first one, uh, we went hardcore and we cut everything out. We did. It was so tough. Um, and if that's, the, if that's the route God's giving you to go, then by all means, you know, listen to the Lord. But, um, you know, there's, there's uh, in the fast, it's, it's not, it doesn't have to be just a food uh, type of fast. Um, you know, uh, some people get other words. Um, Uh, to to give up something else or to to fast on something else. Uh, But we do it all together as a church. Um, Also, in our e-newsletter, there is a uh, prayer packet that you can download. And if you cannot download that, uh, please um, um, message somebody here at the church, message through Facebook, and and we can get that out to you. Um, And that's all in preparation for our Thirst Conference coming up January 29th through 30th. Um, So I'm... Pastors can fill me in later or fill you guys in later on on how we're going to do that, but it's still going to be a blessing regardless, Um, and uh, I I am excited about that. I I cannot wait uh, because last year, you know, after the Thirst Conference, I was riding high. I was, you know, I I felt like the Holy Spirit was just uh, rocking with me and and like dancing next to me, And, and after, you know, COVID hit, you know, like a lot of people, you felt secluded. I felt lost. And it, it took a lot to get me back into the, in, into where I'm at today, which, you know, I'm still pushing forward, pressing forward. So pressing on, um, and you know, it, it, like I always said, it, Sunday is kind of like my reset, you know. I, I, there's times where at the end of the week or a struggling week, I trickle off and things happen. Um, and Sundays are my, my reset, like reboot, get me back up, energized. Uh, this Thirst Conference is, is for your year, you know. It's, it's to energize you to go into the year and to, to press forward into that year. Uh, so be ready. So January 29th through 30th. Um, Crossroads Missionaries, we, we've got a, a ton of missionaries that we love and we pray for. So we just ask that you just keep them all in prayer. Um, and this week's Missionary of of the Week is uh, Todd and Amy Churchill. Uh, they are part of Africa's Hope. And in that newsletter newsletter that we get, I was reading um, that they were, uh, you know, in, in one area of Africa uh, doing the work that they're doing. Um, but they've been... Uh, Basically promoted and, and and called and now they 're going to be overseeing the entire country as far as uh, training and, and uh, f- so language training and, and uh, Bible school training uh, so please keep them in your prayers uh, they 've got a big uh, uh, it 's a big country to take uh, to take on and and they're they 're at the front lines so please keep them in your prayers um, tithe and offering since since everybody 's at home we 're not collecting but if If you do need to give, um, you can either send that through mail or you can do that through, um, what's the one I'm losing? PayPal, there you go. So uh, if if you need to, uh, you can feel free to do that. And uh, we're going to turn it over to Pastor David for an amazing word, so be ready. Amen. 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 Thanks, buddy. Well, good morning. It's good to have you uh, all in church with us today.
3: Uh, I took a picture of the sanctuary with uh, my wife up here. And the, uh, there's a total of eight of us in here today, and uh, nine, excuse me, uh, uh, ten, counting the Holy Spirit. We're actually over the shelter-in-place limit because we have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, so we have 12 here. We're, we're the new apostles. Uh, hey, uh, this morning we're continuing on in our series talking about uh, the names of God. And one of the things I really feel that is important for us to do is to really believe that the Lord is our strength. The Lord is the one who is our power. The Lord is the one who is our authority. And and as His sons and daughters, one of the things that we need to do is we need to realize that we need to walk in the power of the Lord. One of the things that I believe as a pastor that we need to do is we need to make Christians strong. We need to make Christians Uh, powerful men and women of the Word of God, committed to the things of the Spirit, uh, walking despite what's going on around them. And I believe that, like what Anthony said, you know, when this whole COVID situation hit globally, it decimated a lot of people's faith. It it really weakened them. But I want to tell you something. I believe that this is a great opportunity for us to go deep and strong and wide in what God wants us to do. So this morning I want to talk to you because... If you look at the Bible, the Bible has over th- uh, 360 times it mentions strength in the Bible. And uh, I'm from northeast Pennsylvania, so uh, Rhonda always teases me uh, that I say strength wrong. But it's the weakness that I have, and I'm comfortable with that. So if you hear me say strength, I'm saying strength, okay? Uh, and if you look at the Greek word, because in the original language, the word actually talks about having power Having, uh, being mighty, it's being uh, strong. And, and literally, the name of our God is a God who is a God of strength. He is a God who is powerful. He is a God who is almighty powerful. One of his names is the Almighty God. And he is the God who controls and rules and reigns every single aspect of life. So, as his son or daughter, you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be fearful. You don't need to worry about things. What you need to do is you need to trust in the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 tells us this, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You see, it's not, it's not the power that you and I have. Because one of the things that happens in our life is our power can diminish. Right. You, can, you can be, uh, a person has a powerful position and that position can change. Right. We could, you could have a, a, a personal uh, body that is strong and powerful and you can get sick and you can get, right. in a matter of an instant, you can be decimated with it. Uh, you know, when we lived in India, one of our children got uh, dengue fever, and it, it just, you take this large body, and a, a, an insect that is smaller, that's so small it doesn't even fluctuate the needles on a scale, can make you lay in bed for three or four weeks at a time, can make you lose 25, 30 pounds. You can feel like death warmed over, actually death chilled almost, and, and, and when we think that we are in control of things, we need to realize it is the Lord who is the one who has the power and as sons and daughters of his, what we do is we connect with the Lord. We connect with what God wants to do, and as a result of that, we can walk in the authority that we have from him. It's not your own strength. It's not your own power. It's not your own ability, but it's the strength of the Lord that he wants to infuse into your life and fill you with his power, fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit. One of the things that we truly believe is that in the last days, God says, I'm going to pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and that... pouring out of the Holy Spirit is what empowers us, just like on the day of Pentecost, we will be endued with what? Power from on high. And so this morning, I want to talk to you. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Old Testament book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a prophet of the Lord. He spoke boldly the word of God. And what he said is this. Listen to it. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. But this is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast in their own wisdom Or the strong boast in their strength, or the rich boast in their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord, who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. I love that passage of Scripture because what it talks about. It's things that you and I can have. You know, we can, we can, we can have wisdom, you know. Uh, we, we taught in colleges and universities for years. People with multiple degrees, they put their trust in that. That's not what you put your trust in. You put your trust in the wisdom that comes from the Lord. You can have all sorts of physical stamina and stature, but you don't put your trust in that because all of us know that as age comes about, your strength diminishes, You used to be strong and mighty and powerful. You know, I used to tell people I used to have a really good uh, chest. I was really strong and muscular, but I got furniture disease, and it all fell down into my drawers, you know. Uh, We we wear out physically as we live, but, you know, they that renew themselves in the Lord will be renewed spiritually, not physically. And another thing it says here is boasting in riches. You know, I love riches. I love people that have riches because I know that God has a plan for those riches, and we want to expand his kingdom with those riches. You know, one of the things that's interesting, we uh, used to live in Seattle, Washington. And when the economic downturn came, we had a very large home up there. And the interesting thing about that home is we, would, we were getting ready to sell it because we are moving overseas. And we'd see the market value price of the house going like this. You know, you could lose your riches in an instant. That's not what we put our trust in. We put our trust in the Lord. And Scripture tells us over and over that the names of God represent the character and quality of who God is. So one of the things that we want to do this morning, we want to look at the name of God that is actually translated to mean that God is your stronghold. God is your strong tower. God is the one who is all-powerful. And it's it's found in the book of Psalms, in Psalms 43, verse 2. And the name that he uses is amazing. Actually, there's a compound name that he uses in this verse. Look what it says, Psalm 43, verse 2. You are God. That name is Elohim. Elohim is actually the Hebrew name. It means you are the all-powerful God. And he says, you are the all-powerful, almighty God, my stronghold. And the Hebrew word he uses there is el maizi, el maizi. And he says, basically, you are the one who is all-powerful, but you are also my strong tower. You are the one that defends me. You are the one that keeps me. You are the one that sustains me. You are the one that is blameless in all your ways, and you infuse me, your son or your daughter, with the power that comes from on high. In the book of uh, Samuel, Second Samuel, chapter uh, 22, verse 33, I love this because it says, For it is God who arms me with strength and keeps my ways secure. If you're going through something right now that you're not sure of, you're going through something that you're unaware of, you're going through something that you don't know which, which way it can turn, put your trust in the Lord. The Lord tells us over and over through Scripture that He is the one who guides us, He is the one who directs us, He is the one who sustains us, and you need to put your trust in Him. You know, it's interesting, uh, a lot of times people will misquote Scripture. I remember before I was a believer, I was in high school, and I had a friend of mine that was a weightlifter, and I remember talking to him one day, I was in his, 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 his house, and in his basement, he had a whole weight set up. And he was in his uh, uh, gym working out. And I I remember looking up at his ceiling. And he had the words from Philippians 4.13 written there. That I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And I looked up at him and I said, oh, that's pretty interesting. What's that up there? And he goes, oh, I remember I was at church one day and I heard the pastor say that. and, And I thought I'd put it up there because I can do all things. Well, you know, when you're a believer, you realize it's not you who does all things. But you do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. And you may not be able to do all things, but I'll tell you, in Christ, he will empower you to do all things through him. He will be your strong tower. He'll be your defender. He'll be the one that strengthens you in everything you do. Listen to what scripture says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 41, verse 10. It says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Isn't it great to know that in this time, that even though you may be sheltering in place, you may not have been outside, you may not have had friends or family over, but the Lord is with you. He says, I am with you. You do not need to fear. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God, and I will strengthen you. Listen to this. I will strengthen you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, in Scripture and in history, They tell us that both Scripture and history tells us that the right-hand position is a position of favor and a position of blessing. God the Father, who is seated at the right hand of God the Father? Jesus Christ the Son. And what did Jesus do? Jesus' right-hand person is the person of the Holy Spirit. So we have God the Father imparting his power to Jesus, who when Jesus left, imparted his power to the Holy Spirit, which the Holy Spirit has then imparted us with the power of the supernatural. God has imparted that power to us so that we would be more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, so that we would not be weary, that we would not fail, we would not be weak, but we would be powerful men and women of God who were infilled with the Spirit of the living God." And one of the things that I want to encourage you with, literally, the wording that is used in Isaiah 41.10 says that it will make you stout it'll make you strong. It'll make you bold. And I believe God is raising up a generation of men and women that he wants to be strong. He wants us to be bold in the things of the spirit. He doesn't want us to be afraid of things. He doesn't want us to be fearful. He doesn't want us to be overcome by things. He wants us to be strong. And one of the models that we say about this church is we are making muscle Christians. That doesn't mean we're going to put a gym in with weight rooms and get you all in there getting big and strong. We're going to fill you with the things of the Spirit. We're going to fill you with the Word of God and the anointing that comes with walking in the Spirit and the power that comes from being associated with the King of Kings. And we believe that God wants you to have that type of power. So when you quote Philippians 4.13, it's not because you're muscularly strong, but it's because you're strong in the things of the Spirit. I can do all things. Through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. What about you? Can you do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens you? Can you walk in the things of the Spirit? Can you understand the, the Word of God? Are you a person that doesn't have to just have the milk of the Word, but you could have the meat of the Word and you understand it? Well, you know, God wants to strengthen you in such a way that you walk in the authority that is rightfully yours as a son or daughter of God. And His Word boldly states, boldly declares that He will strengthen you. You know, we're not to put our trust in our own physicality. We're not to put our trust in our own intellect. We're not to put our trust in our own wealth or position. Actually, Scripture tells us in in, in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 14, verse 38, that the physical flesh is weak. It wears out. What you used to be able to do 20 years ago, you won't be able to do now. What you're able to do now, you probably won't be able to do 20 years from now in the physical nature but in the spiritual nature, you can become stronger. You know, when we were uh, living in India, we met a young, a young, (laughs) she was a woman about this tall. She was an evangelist. She was probably in her seventies, young in the Lord, vibrant, small, frail. I don't think she weighed a hundred pounds, but I tell you, she was a fiery, fiery evangelist. You know, outwardly you can be small in stature, but you can be fired and and, and and built in the things of the Spirit so that you're strong. You may be in stature, not something that people will be intimidated by, but in the spirit realm, you can intimidate by. And what we want to do is we want to be people who are so full of the Spirit of the living God that we become powerful weapons in the hand and the arsenal of the Lord. And I want to challenge you. This message is for you today. This message is to tell you, quit relying on your own ability. Quit relying on your own talent. Quit relying on your own skill and start relying upon the things of the Spirit. The Spirit is what brings life. The Spirit is what brings power to us. The Spirit is what energizes us to do the things that God has called us to do. And I love what Scripture says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. It says, power is made perfect in weakness. Now, that doesn't make sense in the natural. But, you know, we are no longer natural creatures. Actually, literally, when we become a Christian, we're dead to self. What does Galatians 2.20 say? That I have been crucified with Christ. That is, I who no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So if you've been crucified with Christ, if you're a son or daughter of the Most High God, then you have been crucified, you're dead, and your physical body is not what makes you strong. But what makes you strong is the perfection that comes by you acknowledging the weakness that you have. In the spirit realm, you're saying, Lord, I'm weak, but you make me strong. I may be weak in the spirit, but you know what? God wants to empower you. God wants to fill you with a supernatural power. You may be weak right now, but that's not where God's plan and purpose for you. God's plan and purpose for you is to fill you with his Holy Spirit, to supernaturally energize you and empower you. Because what the word says, that the power of the Lord is made perfect in our weakness. You see, when you try to do it all on your own, you're saying, I don't need you, God. And what God's saying is, no, you do need me. And I will show you. I will show you in your weakness, you're going to be powerful. One of the things that is amazing in Scripture is the Lord over and over reminds every single person that he is the strong tower that we run to. Listen to what the prophet uh, Habakkuk says in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 19. He says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. Who is your strength? The sovereign Lord. What is sovereign? Sovereign means the one who is in absolute control of everything. He says, he is the one that is your strength. And I love this. He says, he makes my feet look like feet of deer. He enables me to tread on, I love this, on the heights. You know, I was a, uh, my undergraduate degree was in recreation and parks. I was going to be a park ranger. And I, I, lo- I love nature. And if you've ever watched nature programs or if you've ever been out hiking in the woods, it is amazing what deer can climb. It's amazing, like the, the, the deer up in the, the tall mountains. They're able to walk on these precipices that if you and I walked on, we would fall. But they have the ability to walk because the way their feet are constructed. And what the Lord says through this passage to us is this. I have the ability to make you walk in places that people think you shouldn't walk. You know why? Because he's the sovereign Lord. He gives you favor he gives you opportunity. He gives you wisdom in how to position yourself so you can walk in places so that you can serve him in a supernatural way. And I believe today, one of the things the Lord wants to do through this word to us is challenge us and say, Lord, what do you want to make me strong to do? What is it that you want me to do? What is it that you have, you're calling me to do so that I can be strong in you? And I believe there's three things he wants to say to us. First of all, he wants his children Be strong so that we can minister to others. You know, the whole purpose of us being filled with the Spirit is not so that we have a spiritually uh, feel good experience. The purpose of us being filled with the Spirit is that we can become ambassadors for Christ Jesus. That He has called us, His sons and daughters, to take the message of the gospel places that it would normally never be heard. God wants you and I to take His word to the people that will never darken the doors of a church, at least at this point in time. Just like some of us never would have darkened the doors of the church. But God wants us to take the message of the gospel to them yeah. so they can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So why, why are we live streaming these services? Why do we have podcasts? Why do we have sermons that we give to people? So that they can hear the word of the Lord. And I want to challenge you today. You're working with people. You're in contact with people. You have family members that are, are people that may not know the Lord. But they're going to go through something challenging. Right. Get online. Get online. Do a search of our sermons and say, you know, this is something our pastor said. This is something you need to listen to and give it to them. And then maybe sit down and even listen it, uh, to it with them so that they can hear it and then use that as an opportunity to breathe the life of the Spirit in them. You know, I believe there's so many times we miss opportunities God gives us but w- because we're looking at, about us. You know, the church is not about us. You're dead. You're, you're already dead to self. The church is about bringing other people in, about bringing them into a relationship with Christ, about communicating the good news of Christ to others. So what, is this, what does Paul do? And I love the Apostle Paul because he challenged the early church to make it about others. Listen to what he said to young Timothy, his protege, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. He said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me for his service let me tell you you may not feel worthy you're not I'm not either none of us are we all do this by the grace of God and what grace is grace is the ability to do things that you're not worthy of But as a result of a relationship with Christ, as a result of being in connection with the God who is the almighty God who is your strong tower, he gives you the ability to operate in his favor, to be an emissary or an ambassador as as Paul said to the church in Corinth. He says, I'm going to make you an ambassador of reconciliation. You are going to take my message and you're going to communicate it with people that have never heard so they can be reconciled with God. So what we do is we say, God, what is it you're?" calling us to serve you with. Why don't you ask yourself that question? When was the last time you asked yourself, God, what are you calling me to do for you? You see, because I believe one of the things God is doing, he's giving you the strength that you're going to need but he's only going to give it to you as you step out in faith and operate in what he's called you to do. And one of the things that God is calling us to do as his sons or daughter is to operate with a spirit of boldness, a spirit of, 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 of power, a spirit of understanding of what he's calling us to do. And the only way you could do that is when you begin serving others. If you lay down your life there is a powerful thing that comes with that. There's a freedom of no longer living to self. There's a freedom of knowing you're living for the Lord. There's a freedom of knowing that everything that you do is for the sake of others. And Paul, in, in, in teaching young Timothy, said he's called you to a place of service. Listen to what 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11 says. If anyone speaks, they should, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. Do you know you have power in what you say to people? You have power, and this is one of the beautiful things. When you're speaking the word of God to people, you don't have to open up your Bible and say, verily, verily, I say unto you. You don't have to take the Bible and smack them in the head with it. You could actually be quoting scriptures to people. They may not even know what it is. They may not even know it's the Bible. You can paraphrase it into a modern uh, language, and then you use that to communicate the truth of who God says they are and what the plan that God has for them. I have a friend of mine that's not a believer, and I started quoting uh, 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 Jeremiah chapter 29 11. He actually printed it off and stuck it on his refrigerator and reads it every morning. Is he a person of faith? Not yet. Not yet. But the word is active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides between the soul and the spirit. And I believe that the more people are exposed to the word of God, there is power that comes through the word of God. And listen to what he says. He says, and if anyone, he says, you speak the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength the Lord provides so that in all things, listen to this, when you're operating in the strength of the Lord, it says in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ to him be glory and power forever and ever something happens to people when you proclaim the word of god to them and over them you know one of the weapons that we have in our arsenal that so many christians don't understand is the ability to speak life into people the the, the scripture says that life and death is in the power of the tongue how many times do we speak life over people You know, one of the things God wants to challenge us, I really believe he wants to challenge us to do, is to see the power and the authority of our words over others. To speak it over our children, over our grandchildren, our nephews, our nieces, our, our family, our friends, our coworkers. You know, start getting in the habit of speaking forth the word of God over people and releasing them from the bondage they're in. You know, this is a perfect time right now during this whole global pandemic. We can speak life to people you know, there's so much negativity, there's so much fear, there's so much worry, there's so much anxiety being produced. Why don't we speak life over people? Why don't we speak the word of God over them and release them from the bondage? Because one of the things God wants to do is open up new opportunities for you and I to communicate to people the message of God's grace, of God's love, of God's compassion, of God's healing, all of those things we could do by speaking forth the word of God. Second thing I believe God wants us to do is this. God wants to strengthen us to face persecution. Well, you know, we have some people that think that this whole COVID thing is persecution, and we have people thinking that shutting churches is persecution. Let me tell you, you can go all over the world. Right now, I believe there was, uh, the the statistic I read was something like 2,900 Christians this year alone have been martyred for their faith. Something like, 3,800 churches have been burned to the ground this last year. There are thousands and thousands of Christians that are persecuted in real life. And one of the things that God wants to do for us is let us know that we should anticipate persecution. You may not have known this when you gave your life to, to, to Christ, but you signed on the dotted line. You did not read the fine print of the rest of the Bible. The rest of the Bible says that we're going to be persecuted for our faith. You see, we're living in a time and in a culture, it doesn't matter what country you're in, People are taking what is pure and twisting it to make it impure. They're taking what is impure and twisting it to say, oh, no, this is purity. And I tell you, we need to be men and women that are not ashamed of the gospel and stand up for righteousness' sake. But when we stand up, we should anticipate being persecuted. Why? Because Jesus told us that. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 6, verse 22 and 23, he says this, Blessed are you when men hate you. Wait, time out. I want to be loved by everyone. I want to be the warm, fuzzy feeling that people get. Let me tell you, as a believer, you will be hated because of Christ in you. They hated Christ. They crucified Christ. Don't expect them to do anything else with you. They're going to do the same thing. And listen to what he says. They're going to ostracize you. They're going to insult you. They're going to scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. You see, when we represent Christ to the world, the world hates Jesus. But that doesn't mean we stop being him to the world. We should be Jesus to every person we come in contact with. Someone was Jesus to you, you need to be some, uh, Jesus to someone else. And what he says here is, is amazing. Look what he says in, in verse 23. <laughs> he says, be glad in that day and leap for joy. How many of you leap for joy when you're persecuted? How many of you are glad when people insult and slurry your name? How many of you love the fact when people say, well, this is so-and-so, and people go, ooh, boo, you know? but that's what Jesus said should happen. And he says, not only that, he says, behold, for your reward, listen to this, your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way their fathers used to treat the prophets. You see, in the, in the scriptural time, the prophets of old were despised for speaking the word of God. Did it stop them? No. And they were, they were persecuted for it. But as a result of the persecuted, they were elevated, said so now they are the great cloud of witnesses that surround us. And and they didn't even fear death. They you know, I don't as a believer, I don't fear death. I'm not gonna anticipate uh, putting myself in a position that, that I die. But when I die, I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to be done with this world. I'm not going to have any more aches or pains, any more worries, any fears, nothing. That's all done. I'm going to be ushered into the presence of the Lord. But what I do fear is not serving the Lord. I do fear not doing what God's called me to do. I do fear not living up to the expectation the Father has for me. And I'll tell you, Having lived in a country where believers are persecuted, having lived in a place where we've met pastors that have been beaten, their, their churches have been burned down, their family members have been martyred, I want to live every ounce of my life for the Lord. I want my life to count for something. I want my life to be passionately consumed by the things of the Spirit. And when I do that, I should anticipate persecution. But I also should anticipate the presence of the Lord to be with me during those times just like he was with the apostles, just like he was in every aspect of Scripture. And one of the things that Scripture tells us over and over is how the Lord is never going to leave us, he's never going to forsake us, that, that there is a power that comes to us when we face persecution. Listen to what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. He said, So do not be ashamed of the testimony about the Lord or about me as prisoner. Rather, I love this, listen to this. Join with me in suffering for the gospel, which is the power of God. You know, when we lived in India, I remember the, one of our dear, dear young friends, Sanjay, who's currently with the Lord, but he said to us, he says, David, why do, why do Americans despise persecution? And I'll never forget that. It was something he said that, that, that we try to shy away from it, you know? let me tell you something persecution is what the power is released in us because when you realize when you're going through persecution you realize the Lord's with you you realize you're not alone right. you realize that there is greater strength in you than there is in the world around you you realize that the very people that are persecuting you they're not only persecuting you because you're a servant of the Lord most high you're a servant of the strong tower that you serve and one of the things that is amazing is when you read this passage of scripture We get the power from the Lord in our life when we go through hard times. We go through persecution times. We go through difficult times. And yet, so many times as Christians, we want to shy away from that. We want to step back from that and say, oh, I don't want that in my life. I don't want that in life. But that is the very thing that releases the power of God, the flow through you. And I want to challenge you. If you're going through a time of persecution, not not some sort of, uh, oh, persecuted because of your job. I'm talking about persecution because of your faith. There's a big difference. You know, a lot of times Christians, they're like, well, I'm being persecuted. What's going on? They tell me, it's like, that's not persecution. That's because you did something you shouldn't have done. But when you're persecuted for proclaiming the word of God, you're persecuted because you're a person of faith, that's completely different. But when you do that, realize this, the Lord is going to be there for you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He will be your comfort. He'll be your strong tower. He'll be the one that's there for you if you allow him to. You know, and how do, we, how do we address this? How do we overcome as believers? John the Revelator told the, 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 the believers in his day that in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, which is the work that Jesus did on the cross, the finished work of Christ, but we also overcome by the word of our testimony. So our testimony, coupled with the work that Jesus did, is what is powerful. But the very thing that Jesus did on the cross and our testimony could lead us into persecution. But you know what? When you do proclaim the name of Jesus, when you do proclaim the work that Jesus Christ did and what he wants to do in people's lives, and you testify of it, expect to be persecuted, but also expect the Lord to be there with you because he's never going to leave you nor forsake you. You know, Paul told young Timothy also this. He says, you know, when you go through this persecution, you don't need to fear. Look what he said in Second uh, Timothy chapter one verse seven. He says, "For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline." Literally, in the original language, Paul was telling Timothy, "Timothy, don't be a coward." Don't be afraid of people persecuting you. You're going to get persecuted. Just expect it. Don't be a coward and fear and, and, and cower by the person or under the person's authority. But walk in the power that I'm going to give you. The power that comes only comes from the Lord. And the power that's going to sustain you and keep you and push you into a new place of authority. You see, because something happens to us when we're persecuted. Something happens to us when we're, we're put into a hard place where we're oppressed. The, the, the oil comes out of us. Right. You know, we're taking a trip to Israel, at least we think we are. We thought we were going to take one this year, and I think we're going to take one this, this next year. We'll see what happens. But we, I remember going to uh, uh, Kersey. It's on the northeast shore of the Sea of uh, 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 Galilee, and there's a big uh, wine pr- or, uh, olive press there, and they would throw the olives in, and it would roll this big stone over it, and it would crush them. And I remember when we were going through reading the story of how they make olive oil, and something struck me. It was this. You can't make fine olive oil unless you're crushed multiple times. And I thought, wow, that's really good. You see, something happens to us when there's persecution. It releases something from the Holy Spirit in our life. It releases the presence of, the, of, of God into our life in ways that we would never experience unless we face persecution. So don't curse persecution. Say, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do with this. I don't know how you're going to do this, but you're making me stronger as a result of this, and I'm going to keep proclaiming you, and I, I'm going to do what Timothy says. I'm going to have the power of the Lord I'm going to have the love of the Holy Spirit flowing through me. And I'm going to have self-discipline, or some translations uh, translate this passage in, in, in 2 Timothy 1.7 to mean a sound mind. And what is a sound mind? It's not being double-minded. Right. Let me tell you what double-mindedness is. When you go through persecution and going, oh God, why is this happening to me? You don't love me? I mean, read the Word of God. The Word of God tells us when you're persecuted, the Lord's allowing it. If you believe the Lord controls all aspects of your life, then he controls everything that happens to your life. And if he controls everything that happens to your life, and he's going to use persecution to give you strength and power, then why do you fear going through persecution? Don't be double-minded in your thoughts. Don't be double-minded in the way you think about the Lord. Believe what he says. And the last thing I want to tell you this morning is this. The Lord wants to give us power, wants us to be be strong because he wants us to be victorious in him. You know, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. One of the things scripture tells us over and over is that the Lord gives us the victory. Listen to what Paul said to Corinth. The church, very much like the church today, living in a pagan world, living with multiple spirits around us, and this is what Paul said to the church in Corinth. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We Have been given the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the things that we know is that we have overcome the world. How do we know that? Because 1 John 5 5 tells us who is it that overcomes the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You see, belief in Scripture isn't just, oh, I believe, it's knowledge coupled with experience. And what God wants you to do is to not just know what Scripture says, but He wants you to experience what God says through His Word and experience it personally. Then you'll be able to quote Philippians 4.13 to say this, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. It's not purely an intellectual pursuit that makes you get there. But it's you understanding and saying, I believe that God is able to do everything the Word says in my life because he's performed it in the cloud of witnesses before me. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed at all. And what God wants to do is do the exact same thing in my life today. So what is it you're facing right now? What is it you need the Lord to be strong in your life about? What is it that you're, you're looking at and you're saying, God, I don't know how you're going to do this. Know this, he is able to do it. Scripture says if you resist the devil and flee, he'll leave. Too many times what we do is we resist the devil and then keep giving him authority and keep giving him authority. And we keep spending so much time on what the devil's doing. Why don't you start spending your time on the word of your testimony about what God's doing? Why don't you start speaking life into what God's doing? Worship team, come on up. You know, one of the things I love about Scripture is it says that we should put on the full armor of God. Paul talking to the church in Ephesus, the the epicenter of the the, pagan cult. And Paul says to the church in Ephesus, he says this, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take stand against the devil's schemes. He says the devil has schemes for us. There is no doubt about that. But you don't have to be overcome by those schemes. You can trust in the Lord. You can walk in the authority of God in his word. You can know that he is your strong tower. He is the almighty God that controls everything. And as his sons and daughters, we put our hope in him. We put our trust in him. We put our belief in him. That he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we imagine or ask. And I love this. I love this. I want to close with this passage. The prophet Isaiah He says, what happens when you wait upon the Lord? I love this. Those who hope or wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. What shall they do? They shall renew their strength. God will re-energize you when you wait upon the Lord. So many times we want to do it in our own ability, but the reality is you have to do it on the the strength that comes from your relationship with Christ. You have to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. You have to do it by yielding over to the things of the Spirit, waiting on the the Lord and saying, Lord, here am I. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with supernatural power that comes from on high. And then he says this, and then you will soar on wings like eagles. You know, I love where we live. We have a mountain range right behind our house. And we have birds of prey that'll get out there in the the, the updrafts and they'll just put out their wings. They don't even have to flap them. They just put them out. And the updrafts will raise them. The thermal inversion comes and those those birds of prey just are taken up several hundred feet like that. The same thing can happen to you when you trust the Lord. You put your rings out and you say, Lord, I'm a child of you. I'm a son or daughter of the Most High God. I will trust in you. I will not be afraid. I'm not going to let anything overcome me, Lord. I'm going to put my trust and hope in you. And he says in this, and then you'll run and you'll not grow weary. You'll walk and you shall not faint. Right now. Wherever you're at, just raise your hands unless you're driving your car and listen to this. Lord, we come before you, and we ask that you would empower your sons and daughters right now. Father, I pray the uh, the anointing of your word would come forth from this message. And Father, we would walk in the authority that comes from you. I pray that, God, that you would give us a, a sense of understanding what you're calling us to do. Lord, no matter how young or old we are in the faith, I pray that you would breathe new life on us that we would not walk in our own intellect and understanding of what you want to do, but God would walk in what you have called us to do. And I pray that, God, you would allow us to be men and women who speak forth boldly the name of Jesus Christ. It may it may cause us to be persecuted, but, Lord, we know this, that you are with us and the, and the release of your power will come into our life as a result of it. And so, Father, right now we just pause and we ask and pray that you would bless each and every one of us. Give us an assurance that comes from You and Your Word of who we are as sons and daughters of the Most High God. In Jesus' name we do.
0: What we're going to do is we're just going to pray about some of the things that Pastor David just spoke about, but specifically what I felt like the Lord was really driving home through Pastor David's message of the Lord being our strength is that many of us feel Fear of persecution. We feel afraid of rejection from the world, from our community, whatever community we live in, whether it's India, Nepal, here in California. And we fear that. We have a fear of that. We may endure it, but we fear it at the same time. And the Lord does not want you to have a spirit of fear. See, the fact is this. We think that the equivalent of persecution should be misery. Let me just say this. We think that the equivalent of persecution is misery. Did you know that's the world's definition? But that's not scriptural, actually. Because scripture says it very differently. If you look at the book of Acts, you'll find that they endured persecution, but there was great joy see because jesus still came that we would have life and life abundantly and some of us fear that we will have to be miserable we fear we fear misery that okay god i'll do it but i'm just going to be a miserable mess in my life and i just can't wait to get to heaven because i'm going to be so miserable because i have to be persecuted because jesus said guess what that's not the right thinking the fact is this, Jesus said, Wait a minute, who said you had to be miserable? I never said you had to be miserable. I just said it's going to happen. But you know what I've given to you? I've given you joy and power. Actually, if we look at the scripture, we find that in Acts 8, the church was scattered because of persecution, and Philip goes running. Philip goes running. And Philip ends up in Samaria. He preaches the gospel. And what it says there, Acts 8 verse 8, so there was great rejoicing in that city. It happened from persecution. What was the product? The enemy wants you to be miserable. But the Lord says, I got some great rejoicing for you. Woo! I got some victory for you. I got the overcoming power for you. Come on, we're going to hit this. Come on, quit being afraid of it. The enemy wants you to be afraid. You know, oh, you're just going to be miserable then. No, not true. The fact is this. Paul and Silas were persecuted enough that they ended up in jail. I think they had too many people at Thanksgiving, actually. Just kidding. That's a a county joke about COVID. (laughs) They had too many people at Thanksgiving. They ended up in jail. No, they ended up in jail for preaching the gospel, and it says, what are they doing in jail because they're being persecuted? They create a stir because they're praying and they're singing. They're singing, and as a result of their worship and their singing, they have a concert in jail, that they are released. Their chains are broken. They are freed by the Holy Spirit. There's an earthquake. And the fact is this, that the jail, the guy that's in charge of the jail, he gets all upset because he knows his life is now going to be taken. But you know what Paul says? I'm going to read this to you because this is great. So here Paul is persecuted, Paul and Silas, and this is the result. And they answered to him, because he's afraid he's going to kill himself. And they said, don't do that. Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your whole household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them. This is is when it gets interesting. And he took them, the jailer, took Paul and Silas that very hour of the night and washed their bloody wounds. He goes and he... Says, okay, the very jailer that had him in the chains now is washing them up. And the jailer becomes baptized, not just him, but his whole household. Then, this is the best part, verse 34. Then he brought them into his house and set before them food. So Paul and Silas get a free meal out of this. <laughs> They get a free meal. Do they and they rejoiced greatly. Come on people. You know what? Don't you dare let the, the world's view of persecution or the enemy trying to chat in your ear that you're going to be miserable and fearful. You know what it is? It's just simply a pathway to the victory. It's simply a pathway to, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail again. We will not fear that. Come on, you in India, you in Nepal, those of us that live in cultures where there is a very large anti-Christian view, and even in the America, right here in the U.S., the 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 fact is this, will we get the script out of our head that we have to be afraid, that we have to be fearful, that we're going to be miserable, not according to the Word of God. We're going to be powerful. We're going to be rejoicing. We're going to get a free meal sometimes. We're going to see the success of the Holy Spirit in the lives of people. We target right now. If you said, you know what, there's times when I think I get fearful i'm gonna say church you know global church we're moving into new seasons we're moving into a new season i know the church in america is moving into a new season quit and we have people that want to reject that new season try to create the 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 culture around us to accept us rather than say you know the power within me is going to change the culture around Rather than the external change, why don't the, we from the internal have such power, have such glory of God that the people are changed? The enemy, I'll tell you what, Paul the apostle was once named Saul, and he was the, greater, the greatest persecutor of the church. You know what? He, he actually created the scatterings. That we talked to, that I just read about in Acts 9. And this man, Saul, when he got converted, became the most powerful man in the first century church. So, you know what? It shows this persecution turned the heart of even the greatest sinners, the greatest uh, enemies of Jesus. The persecution that they so thought that they wanted against Christians actually was used against them to turn their hearts. I'm going to tell you, those people that may be coming against you, some of you, you know what I'm talking about. Those people that are coming against you, God is going to turn their heart because the power of the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit is greater than the sin in their life. It's greater than the evil in their heart. It's greater. It can penetrate it. It can remove it. It can actually disintegrate it because the power of the Lord is greater. If he can do it for. For Saul who became Paul, he can do it for whatever enemy that's trying to come against you, coming against your ministry, coming against the church in your area. We're not going to fear because as Pastor David said, we have the strength of the Lord in our weakness. He is made strong. Right now, let's just receive that. And you know, right now, let's get rid of the lie that we have to be miserable. That there's somehow some sort of holiness to misery. That there's some sort of glory to God. If we just get miserable enough, then somehow God's going to get glorified. There is nothing in Scripture that says, be miserable, God gets glorified. No, what we say is we greatly rejoice. We get to see the victory of God. We get to see the miraculous power of God. We get to see, even in the persecution, how God's going to turn it around to show forth his glory, to show forth his power, just as he did in, in Samaria, Acts 8, verse 8. So that there was great rejoicing in that city, wherever you're at. Even though you may be going through persecution, there is going to be great rejoicing in the Lord in your city. Father, we just give it to you. Lord, we, we embrace your strength. We embrace your goodness. Change some of our thinking, Lord. Some of us have some really negative thinking about what it means to be persecuted. We do not need to be fearful of that. You are with us. We're never abandoned. And we're not just, we're never abandoned by you, but we're also not abandoned by our brothers and sisters. We are a body. We are together. We being many are one body and we are together in this. You have given us one another as well. We are not alone. We don't have to be afraid. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Father, we declare and decree the goodness of God in the land of the living. And for those who are experiencing some persecution, they may, maybe been targeted by somebody, maybe targeted even in their job by somebody that knows that they're a, a Christian and and they're always being trying to to nip at them and try to criticize them and try to to be uh, really ugly towards them. Lord, I pray, Father, the strength of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, the peace of God. Lord, for those who are listening to this right now that are in nations where they are undergoing severe persecution and regions where there is undergoing severe persecution and rejection and all that, may they have joy. May they know that they do not have to be miserable. Lord, Lord, that you're with him. and, Lord, you're the turnaround God. You're the God that breaks the chains. You're the God that sends the miracle. You're the God that glorifies yourself because that is who you are. Because you are good. You are good. And we live in the land of the goodness of God. That is your kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost is your kingdom. We declare it in your name. Amen. And amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Those of you that are in the states, have a great Thanksgiving.